Good evening, everyone. Uh, welcome to our midweek podcast for Mavilla Presbyterian Church. Uh, this is a recorded podcast for Tuesday, the 20th of April 2021. You're all very welcome as we come together uh, to worship God this evening. Coming, recognizing the one who uh, is able to protect, the one who is that true fortress in life as we come together in Jesus' name this evening. Let me just start with a couple of little announcements. Uh, Firstly, we are back in our church building for worship now, uh, which has been great. Um, And if you are thinking about coming back to church for the first time, then please do let Brian know uh, that you're coming back. Uh, It just gives us an opportunity uh, to make sure that we have the correct seating for the church uh, for Sunday mornings. If you're not able to get back, then please do keep tuning in on our YouTube channel uh, to our service and you can watch that live from 11am. This Sunday, uh, we are having a gift day uh, for the project that we launched a couple of weeks ago uh, for the improvements in our church building. Uh, And if you're still um, wanting to know more information about this, uh, you can get more information from our website or you can contact myself or Brian uh, and we'll point you in the right direction as well. Um, please do keep those plans in your prayers as well as we uh, look uh, to make improvements to our church building over uh, these next months. Also, uh, please keep in mind that this Sunday evening uh, we are going to have uh, our prayer meeting on Zoom as usual starting at a quarter to seven. But with this we're also going to have a short AGM for our church as well uh, which will uh, be part of that meeting on Sunday evening. So please do keep that in mind also. And uh, if you keep an eye on on the WhatsApp group you will find a little bit more information uh, about that uh, meeting too. These are all our announcements this evening. As we come to God, let us come with these words from the psalmist in Psalm 66. Shout with joy to God, all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Make his praise glorious. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. So great is your power that your enemies cringe before you. All the earth bows down to you. They sing praise to you. They sing praise to your name. With this in mind, let us come to our God, our awesome God, in prayer. Heavenly Father, help us know that awareness of what it means to rest in you. To know of your glorious deeds and to praise your name. For you are the one who is truly worthy of all of our praise. And Lord, as we think about what is happening through these days, as we think about the changes that are happening in our lives, we ask for that awareness of you being the constant one. You, the one Lord, who we may trust in through all of life's up and downs. Lord, help us know of your goodness and love to each one of us as we look to serve you through these days. Help us rest in you, to know, Lord, of what it means, uh, to taste of your goodness and to know of the joy of Jesus in our lives. Lord, we pray, recognising how easy it is, uh, Lord, to fall away from you, 
Lord, to see other things in this world, Lord, that seem appealing at first. You appeal into insignificance when we know of your treasures and your promises. And so this day, Heavenly Father, help us to commit our lives before you. To know, Lord, of what it means to rest in you through all things. And to know of your goodness working in our lives. We pray, Lord, that we may know of the Holy Spirit working in our lives through this day. And we ask it now in Jesus' loving name. Amen. Well, before we come to our reading for this evening, we're going to listen to our first item of praise sung to us by Jonathan Ray and his family, Holy Spirit, Living Breath of God.
show Christ in all I do. Please turn with me to our scripture reading this evening as we continue our series in the book of Nehemiah. We're looking this evening at chapter 6 and we're going to read part of this story in chapter 6 starting at verse 5. This is Nehemiah chapter 6 starting at verse 5. This is the word of God. Then the fifth time Sembalat sent his aid to me with the same message, and in his hand was an unseen letter in which was written. It is reported among the nations, and Gerashim says it is true, that you and the Jews are plotting to revolt, and therefore you are building the wall. Moreover, according to these reports, you are about to become their king, and have even appointed prophets to make this proclamation about you in Jerusalem. There is a king in Judah, now this report will get back to the king, so come let us meet together. I sent, I sent him this reply. Nothing like what you are saying is happening. You are just making it up out of your head. They were all trying to frighten us, thinking their hands will get too weak for the work and it will not be completed. But I prayed, Lord, now strengthen my hands. One day... I went to the house of Shebael, son of Deliah, son of Mehebel, who was shut in 
in at his home. He said, let us meet in the house of God in, inside the temple and let us close the temple doors because men are coming to kill you. By night they are coming to kill you. But I said, should a man like me run away? Or should someone like me go into the temple to save his life? I will not go. I realised that God had not sent him, but that he had prophesied against me because of Tabal and Sabal had hired him. He had been hired to intimidate me so that I would commit a sin by doing this, and then they would give me a bad name to discredit me. Remember Tabal and Sabal, my God, because of what they have done. Remember also the prophet Nabal, and how she and the rest of the prophets have been trying to intimidate me. So the wall was completed on the 25th day of Edel, in 52 days. When all our enemies heard about this, all the surrounding nations were afraid and lost their self-confidence, because they realised that the work had been done with the help of our God. Here we end the reading of God's word to us. As we think of these words, let us come to our God now in prayer. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to open your word this evening. To recognise that you are the one, Lord, who guides and directs. And in you, Lord, we will find strength. We will find hope. And we thank you for this. And Lord, we pray that through the days that we face, that we may know clearly of your hand guiding us in all that we may do. Lord, we ask these things now, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, who would want to be a leader through these days? As we think of uh, these last years, uh, and what uh, our country and our world really has faced, um, through things like Brexit and this pandemic that has taken grip of this whole world. What huge decisions our politicians, our leaders have had to make uh, every step of the way. It is something uh, that uh, no one would want to really put their hands up and say, I will do it. But the book of Nehemiah teaches us so much about leadership. Nehemiah has not seen the last of his opponents. The whole way through these last chapters we see how the work that he has uh, looked to do for God has come in constant contact with fierce opponents. He has coped magnificently with varied problems, personal, political, pastoral, administrative and social. And now his united team has rebuilt the wall and not a gap was left in it. And all that remains is to set the doors and the gates, as we see in verse 1 of chapter 6. But then he is soon confronted with fresh troubles. They are part of the enemy's designs to shatter, uh, to shatter him as he puts the final touches to a highly successful operation. So one of the crucial lessons of the book of Nehemiah is that life is a battle from beginning to end. From the moment he sets his heart to obey God's command and rebuild the city defences, Nehemiah found himself exposed to attack. Nehemiah's opponents began to plot against him, even more before he reached Jerusalem. 
And once he arrived, his enemies arose in force. So as we think about what is happening to Nehemiah, really what God is telling us through these passages is our leaders need prayer. They are dealing with issues and realities that we can scarcely imagine. And the problems they face are far beyond what natural human wisdom can solve. Nothing but the supernatural wisdom of God is adequate for the job. So we pray for our leaders. We pray that they would be faithful to God's word. We pray that they would wisely seek God in all decisions that they make. And and we pray that they have that awareness of um, putting others before themselves and looking to glorify God. But as we look a little bit more closely, as we see in this chapter this evening, of what is the opponents made of? What, what are they doing? We want to recognise first and foremost of who really Nehemiah and the enemy is. Because as we look at this and as we look at who is uh, Nehemiah's opponents, we see that people are not the problem. Let me repeat that because I think that's something that we need to hear again and again. People are not the problem. When people attack us, we easily assume they are the enemy. But our real enemy is invisible. Our enemy strikes us from the spiritual realm. And he uses people as his weapons against us. The rulers and authority and powers of this dark world are active today. Not just as they fiercely oppose Nehemiah in his day. Our enemies love to lie and kill and demoralise us when we set out to do God's work. That is the battle we face. That is the enemy that we face. And it will continue throughout our lives. And of course we know this enemy as Satan himself. The devil. And he has two primary forms of attack and we need to keep these strategies in mind because we will encounter them again and again throughout our lives. Firstly, Satan comes at us with a a ferocity of a ravenous beast. He seeks to destroy us physically, emotionally, relationally and spiritually with huge events that we can never foresee. Looks to derail us. Of course. But secondly, Satan also approaches us with disguise. He comes to us with the appearance of wisdom, gentleness, compassion, charm and attractiveness. He offers enticing promises and flattering words. Satan assures us that the things he tempts us with will grant us everything and cost us nothing. So in the first five chapters of Nehemiah, we have seen Nehemiah's enemies use the first form of the uh, Satan's attack, a frontal assault, uh, a devouring beast approaching. But here in Nehemiah 6, his enemies switch to the second form of attack. They employ charm and persuasion against Nehemiah. They present themselves as agents of light, so to speak. So in Nehemiah 6, there's three real uh, series of attacks and threats against Nehemiah. 
in an effort to intimidate him. Uh, they looked to change their attack, to resort to friendliness and persuasion. Firstly, in the first couple of verses, we see how that they are trying uh, to lure uh, Nehemiah away from the work. They uh, issue him with several letters offering to meet with him. Yet Nehemiah uh, replies uh, with uh, those words. Uh, in, uh, uh, he, he replies in those words in verse three: "Am I carrying? Am I carrying on a great project and cannot go down? Why should the work stop while I leave it and go down to you?" I once heard a story of a, a missionary worker uh, going out uh, to India. And whenever uh, a huge um, company, an oil company, got uh, word that this person was going out, they realised how valuable he would be in a country such as this. And so before he went out, they offered him a job, offering him a great wage. And they were totally surprised when uh, the missionary turned uh, the job down. And so they came back a second time, offering him a greater wage to take on this work. And when he turned it down for a second time, they came back a third time uh, with uh, the wage, a huge wage, that they thought he could never possibly turn it down. But again, the third time this man came back, turning the wage down. And so they finally came to him and says, how much uh, could we offer you to carry out this work? In which he says, he turned to them and said that the wage, no matter how much money, it would never be enough for the work is too small. He had his eyes fixed on the greater work that God was calling him to do. And that's what Nehemiah is saying here uh, to his opponents. But secondly then, uh, as they have given him several letters already, the fifth one comes in verse 5. And it comes as an open letter so that many others can read it before it gets to Nehemiah's eyes. And even though Nehemiah was not remotely guilty of the charges in the letter of trying to be the king of Judah, it was a huge temptation to talk with them, uh, bringing everything out into the open, asserting his innocence and trace the source of the scandal, demanding that the unjust accusation be withdrawing and so on. But again, Nehemiah recognises their plots uh, and he responds to them in verse 8, Nothing like what you're saying is happening. You're just making it up out of your head. Nehemiah finds strength in the realism, knowing that as he gone about his work, the work of God, then it was part of the enemy's intimidation campaign. They would look to frighten and weaken the work. There was bound to be opposition to such worthwhile enterprise. And Nehemiah realised that a resourceful leader learns to take it in their stride. He refused to be either belated or deflected or embittered by it. And so he comes to God in prayer, strengthen my hands. The enemy longed for the hands to be discouraged, so Nehemiah pleaded for strong ones, and he prayed for strength. And as he prayed, the strength came as well as the discernment. 
the reliance and confidence that Nehemiah needed to complete the work. And then thirdly, in verses 10 to 14, we see a, another plot to intimidate him. So we see that Nehemiah went to the home of what he thought was a friend, uh, a prophet, uh, Shemaiah, uh, that uh, he looked to, uh, to have his counsel. The prophet suggesting suggesting about closing the temple doors suggests that Shemaiah intended either to lure uh, Nehemiah into the area reserved exclusively for priests, or with the doors closed, at least say that Nehemiah had uh, uh, violated the rules of the temple. Robbed of witnesses, Nehemiah's denial of the prophet's word would count for nothing. But Nehemiah knew that a prophet who was truly from God would not say anything that violates God's ordinances. There was an altar of asylum in the temple court and people were permitted to flee to the courtyard and be safe. But that's not what Nehemiah proposed. He urged Nehemiah to go into the temple building itself and shut the doors. So again for the third time Nehemiah demonstrated the wisdom of a godly leader by not falling for the tricks and enticements of his enemies. So through these verses we see two main lessons that dominate the chapter. We see the enemy's subtle tactics of looking uh, to take people away uh, from the work of God. But we see also the Lord's sufficiency as people who focus on him, lean on him, may know uh, clarity in what they are doing. Nehemiah's story has been preserved in scripture to demonstrate how we too face with multiple testing can handle such pressures uh, in our world. For his opponents tried to physically take his life. They tried to destroy his reputation. They tried to destroy the trust his people had in him. They tried to undermine his efforts by demoralising the people. But nothing worked because Nehemiah relied on God to elude their attacks. On Sunday past, uh, we finished our worship service with the words of the hymn, The Battle Belongs to the Lord. And the first verse goes like this. In heavenly armour we'll enter the land. The battle belongs to the Lord. No weapon that is fashioned against us will stand. For the battle belongs to the Lord. Here we see that idea of taking all things in our lives to the Lord. Knowing that he is the one who is sufficient. He will guide and direct us through. And as we see this picture of Nehemiah, the leader of God's people at this time, we look to pray and commit to pray for our leaders through these days, that they may know that sufficiency of God in what they do. As we think of these things, let us listen to our second item of praise this evening, a very well-known piece again sung to us by Jonathan Ray and his family. Let's listen to the words of the praise, Cornerstone. i 
As we take in God's message to us this evening, let us come together in prayer for one another this evening. As we pray for those in our church family who are dealing with difficulties through these days, as we pray for those who face uncertainty through these days, as we pray for our country and our leaders uh, through uh, these uh, difficult circumstances, that they may know of God's wisdom 
and uh, God's clarity in what to do. Let us come to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to know of your hand upon our lives, to know what it means to trust in Jesus through all that we may face. And Lord, that even through difficulties and hardships, that your name may be glorified, that we may be seen as those who are witnesses of you, to glorify your name in all that we may do. And Lord, we lift up to you those in our church family through these days who face great uncertainty. We pray, Lord, that they may know uh, of your um, your constants with them, that they may know what it means, Lord, to have that awareness of you being the rock in their lives. And Lord, that they may see real clarity uh, in what you're calling them to do. Lord, we pray those who are battling in health um, through these days also, asking, Lord, that they may have that awareness of of your hand upon them uh, and that they may know, Lord, of others praying for them through these days also. Lord, we want to lift up to your country through these days. Uh, Lord, as we see uh, people being frustrated, as we see a sense of anger um, through things that have been happening, Lord, we pray that your name may be glorified. That people uh, may take those that time just to think about consequences of their actions. And they may know of what it means, Lord, to honour you through all that they may do. Lord, be with our leaders through these days also, we pray. Lord, we ask that they may have that awareness of what it means to honour you with their lives to know clearly of what it means uh, to follow you and in the decisions that they make, that your name may be glorified and honoured throughout. For Heavenly Father, we long uh, to know uh, of your hand upon us in our lives. We long to see you being glorified through our world. We long to have that awareness of what it means to rest in you through all that we may face. And Lord, we ask all these things now in Jesus' loving name. Amen. Well, thank you for listening uh, to our podcast this evening. May you know God's rich blessing through these days. And we finish together with the words of the benediction. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God our Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen.